for listening to Hashtag Houston HealthCast, a podcast powered by Houston HealthCare as part of our Hashtag Houston Healthy Initiative. My guests and I cover a wide variety of topics in the healthcare world to help the people of Houston County, Georgia, and beyond live a more Hashtag Houston Healthy lifestyle. Today, however, we'll be taking a bit of a break from healthcare uh, to discuss a different kind of health, your digital health. Our topic today is cybersecurity how to protect yourself against cyber criminals, and what kinds of cyber crime to look out for in the ever-changing digital landscape we now live in. With me today is Sigismund Tete. Is, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, you did. Um, we'll call you Siggy for short. That's what we all call you here. Sounds good. Um, he's our Vice President and Chief Information Officer here at Houston Healthcare. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Well, thank you for having me, Derek. Uh, so before we get too far into the topic at hand, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this topic. Okay. But uh, I like to ask my guests a little bit about themselves. Okay. Let me start uh, first by congratulating you on your recent nomination for the Orby Awards. Thank you. Uh, for Chief Information Officer of the Year. That's okay. a, a great, a stupendous honor. I know uh, that, that you're very proud of that. Yes, thank you. Um, but uh, how long have you been working with us here at Houston Healthcare? Um, Houston Healthcare, I've been here a little over two years, um, actually uh, March of next year will be exactly three years, and um, it's been an awesome ride. I've enjoyed my experience, and um, I have just had fun with the team that I work with. Mm-hmm. They are an awesome group of folks, very, you know, they're, they're passionate about what they do. Um, and so, you know, being a part of that group makes even the work more fun. Mm-hmm. So three, uh, two years and counting, uh, yeah. almost three years. It's exciting. It's- you know, it's wonderful to hear that you're having fun. And I know that we we are very grateful to have you. Thank you. Um, where were you before you came to work with us? So um, I worked at Navicent Health, um, okay. now Atrium Health Navicent, uh, for 19 and a half years. Okay. Um, and my <clears throat> IT trajectory has been um, an interesting one. How be it? Um, I started all the way from the ground as a tech and then, okay. you know, rose up the ranks. Um, so in my... Um, IT journey. I've done tech work. I've done um, uh, customer support analyst work. I've done systems analyst work. I've developed apps. I've actually managed a group. I've done project management. Um, I've been a director and okay. now CIO. Okay. So has, I've, has I've all done. of that has all that work always been in healthcare or? Yes. Okay. So the first six years was actually not in healthcare. Okay. It was just general IT. Um, I worked for a small outfit in Warner Robins right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I cut my teeth, you know, um, doing everything IT from sales, from service, uh, you know, running cables in the attic, um, mm-hmm. you know, printer installs, installing routers all throughout the library systems of Georgia. Um, I've done all of it. Okay. Yeah. Did you turn it off and on again? That, that, <laughs> that kind of work? It is, it's very difficult to turn it off. Uh-huh. Um, you know, once attack, always attack. Right. And, um, you know, you get to a point where things happen and you, you, you start to itch uh-huh. wanting to get into it. But then, you know, I know to kind of back off and let a team handle it because gotcha. that is what they are passionate about, you know, to do. Gotcha. Totally understand. Um, did you always want to work in healthcare in IT or did you just kind of fall into that? That is a good question. So when I started, you know, as I, was, as I stated earlier, I started in, um, you know, general IT, you know, mm-hmm. servicing, you know, businesses of all um, shapes and sizes. 
Uh, but then as my wife was at a time in healthcare and, you know, she would come home and talk about some of the exciting things that she was doing. And I started having a knack for, okay, what if I went into healthcare IT? Um, right. And so that led me looking more into healthcare IT. And since I've been in healthcare IT, I haven't had a desire to go anywhere else. Because again, you know, impacting technology to help patients at their weakest and, you know, most vulnerable time, to me, gives a satisfaction that you can't take from anyone else. Mm-hmm. Because again, we, we do things, how be it on the background, right. you know, systems, EMR systems that we put in place, you know, to make sure that patients are, um, you know, getting the right medications and medication errors are, you know, to the minimal, it, it impacts patient safety to a higher degree. Uh, and gives us satisfaction from the IT perspective more than anything else will. Yeah. And I totally, I feel a lot of camaraderie with you on that because marketing is a broad field the same way IT is a broad field. We could be in anything if we wanted to be. But because we're in healthcare, we get to impact people on potentially their worst day. We get to help them and and be there for them in a meaningful way. And even though we might not directly affect them, we are helping build the infrastructure that makes that possible that so that it, it it makes it better for you, you know, in your, in your daily life. It's true. just, you, you feel like you're fulfilling a larger purpose than true. just what you're doing. True. Um, so what made you in, interested in information technology? Were there any defining moments where you were young and you said, I'm going to do IT? Well, you know, uh, as we all grow up, we look at our parents mm-hmm. and you have a tendency of wanting to be what your father was, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so my dad was a, um, uh, an engineer, chief engineer on a ship, you okay. know, merchant ship. And I always thought, well, I would like to do that. But then as you're coming up as a child, um, computer engineering was just so fascinating to me. Um, so mm-hmm. it was something that I had in the back part of my mind. If, my dad's, you know, profession didn't work out. I'll, I'll pivot to, and uh, of course, started college. And then I was like, well, maybe IT is where I need to look at. So I've always, from childhood, I've always, you know, been intrigued into what IT has to offer, um, the technologies, you know, things that we were in, you know, those times we didn't have all this, you know, wearables, you know, you name it, you know, smartphones being, you know, computers, we didn't have those, but something always intrigued me about information technology and that is why I ended up doing it. Yeah. That's a good answer. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So without further delay, let's get into the topic at hand. So cybersecurity is a huge issue that affects all of us. And it's something, like I said, I'm very excited to speak on today. Mm -hmm. It's something that hits pretty close to home for me. Uh, This year alone, as many as 422 million individuals around the world have been impacted by some form of cyber crime, uh, which can lead to stolen identity, breaches in private data, uh, theft of healthcare or financial information, or even accounts. Mm -hmm. The list goes on. Um, Like I said, this is something that hits really close to home. Um, I'm sure many of you listening in can uh, sympathize. I have family members who have been affected by some of these forms of crime running rampant in the cyber world. Um, So, Siggy, are there some common uh, words uh, around here that we hear? um, Phishing, vishing, smishing, uh, more recently, quishing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what exactly is to start with phishing? Okay, so you are spot on, Derek. Um, You know, cybersecurity is 
one of those existential threats that we have as an organization and as the world sees it today, because even governments are facing cyber, uh, cyber crimes everywhere to turn. You know, there mm-hmm. are some some incidents of some fashion of it. Now, talking about, you said fission, right? Fission. Yeah. So fission is um, a social engineering um, apparatus that the bad actors use. And what they do is they'll send you an email with a link, you know, with a malicious, you know, code embedded in it. And, you know, they're hoping that you would, you wouldn't be paying attention and you click on that link and then your machine gets infected. And of course it goes on from there. Um, so phishing in itself, most of the time, 90, 94% of the time happens via email, Okay, you know, with email, uh, a little malicious code mm-hmm. embedded in it. Um, you know, there are others, you know, you mentioned, um, vision, mm-hmm. same thing. And, and sometimes, you know, the, the terms sound like Greek mythology, right? you know, but vision as it is, is where you will get a voice message. You know, someone calls you and pretends to be like, you know, again, a bad actor, you know, and it pretends to be your bank or some facility that you do business with. And again, they're trying to get personal information to try to steal your information, you know, so credit cards, you know, social security numbers, you know, your date of birth. So anytime you get a call and someone is asking for personal information, mm-hmm. you know, think through what you've been asked for and then ask them, you know, that, you know, tell them that you call them back. Right. You know, I've personally had to do this mm-hmm. and then call the bank or whichever institution's calling you, right. you know, or they're pretending to be. And don't ever give those folks on the phone any information. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then uh, um, talking about, um, you, you, you mentioned Quishin. 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 Yeah. So Quishin is fairly new. Um, if you look it up, you know, mm-hmm. you'll find information about that. But all of us have been to restaurants. And um, on the restaurant table, you see this QR code that is out there. And, you know, these bad actors are hoping that, you would think it's the actual QR code from the uh, restaurant. Right. For the menu or something. For the menu. Because right. a lot of places do digital menus That's right. now. Since COVID, that has been very yeah. prevalent. So what are you hoping you would do is just, you know, pick up your phone and scan it. Mm-hmm. And again, they use social engineering to, you know, gain your uh, personal information. Again, credit card information, your date of birth, um, social security number. And they try to get to use the, the, the code to impact your phone. Right. And then by doing that, guess what? They have access to your device. Um, there are others that are happening, you know, other, you know, t- uh, techniques that they're using. Um, when you go to a restaurant or you're sitting with friends and, um, you know, or someone, you know, approaches you and says, Hey, um, by the way, uh, my name is, you know, Siggy and, um, I'd like to, you know, talk to you a little bit about something and, you know, and, and, and again, to ask you, do you have any information you can show me? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Most of us are used to, you know, opening our phones with, you know, the third party sitting there or second party sitting there and then putting a code in it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That person is watching. Yeah. And once you put that code in and they find out what your code is, they can take you know, control of, you know, over your, 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 your device. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That device ceases to be yours Wow! because they will take that information and then they'll run with it. That's, that's frightening. That's right. So when, when you talk about quishing, that's, that's someone coming in with a QR code, like 
if a if a restaurant like you said right. has has a QR code for a menu or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll come in and they'll swap it out and they'll overlay use their own, it or overlay it. That's okay, right. and and that kind of lets them take it over. So right. in in those moments when when you see a QR code at a restaurant, and you're concerned about that. Mm-hmm. What what what's the kind of what would you do in that situation? So as soon as you realize, or even you know, first thing I would do is you know feel of it. Make sure that there isn't any overlay. Gotcha. And then ask the server mm-hmm. if that looks like the QR code. Okay. And if you are unsure, ask for you know a menu with the QR code on it, and then scan that instead of scanning what's on the table. Gotcha. Because you never know. Because uh, what is happening now with artificial intelligence AI, they've become so creative in being able to you know spoof things to make it look so real, mm-hmm. so that you are it's almost impossible for you to tell if that is true or false. You know, so it's 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 getting to the point now, uh, Derek, that it's you know you have to be always wary of anything that you any links that you get. Um, if it's from an unknown user, to be careful. Mm-hmm. Any emails you get, even if it's and I'll tell you a personal example, and I think most of our viewers, you know, may have um, experienced this. I've never subscribed to Peacock. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, I opened my Gmail and it says, oh, your Peacock um, account is expired. You know, click this link mm-hmm. to renew it. Right. Red flag went out. Yeah. Right. So right there, I knew I needed to watch what that was. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I went and reported this as fishing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to the unsuspecting user, they'll click on it. It takes them to an identical website. Peacock website, mm-hmm. but then guess what? It's not the real site. Right. It's one they've made to look like That's the Peacock right. website. And then from then on, any information you enter, someone else is getting it, not right. Peacock. So it, it it pays to be worried of what's going on. Right. So I think one last one that we haven't talked about yet is uh, smishing. That's smishing. text messages. That's right. right. So smishing is the same you know, social engineering technique where you get a text and a text is, you know, it would mimic something coming from your bank or uh, any, your, your, your electric company or any other company. Again, there's one theme. They are looking for personal information, things that they can use to either impersonate you, either steal your information, steal your money, uh, steal your IRA accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it. Right. It's, it's endless. So this will come in the form of a text message. And then when you get it, you know, and I get these all the time because you get, you know, these, you know, short coded um, uh, numbers mm-hmm. with, OK, uh, this is your bank saying X, Y, Z. Click this to, you know, go ahead and pay your bill or click this to go ahead and, you know, provide this information immediately reported as spam. Gotcha. Either spam or delete it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you have if you're you know embedded with an organization like Austin Healthcare, it's always good to call um, your your, your um, number or your security personnel and report that incident to them because they want to know so that they can protect the rest of the organization so that that same message doesn't filter through to someone else Mm -hmm. and then they be taken and then you become a subject of an incident. So really the the best prevention for most of this is just being aware and when you see it, Mm -hmm. reporting it, if you're not sure, report it, they'll let you know if it's real or not. Sure. And, and you can kind of, you know, prevent a lot of it doing it that way. True that. Um, 
So another common term in the world of cybersecurity, more of a general term, mm-hmm. though, some of these are kind of along the same lines as social engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but social engineering, what exactly is social engineering? So social engineering um, is, it's been around, uh, it's been around for a long time. Uh, but I think more and more uh, because of the cyber crimes, the you know, ransomware events that we are getting, people are getting more in tune with the word social engineering. So you take, you know, someone trying to perform a social experiment on an individual. Right. Right. They'll first try to befriend you. They'll, they'll first try to send you an email that is very innocent. Um, and then they'll start, you know, um, making you comfortable with them. So they're studying your habits. Right. So um, in effect, they are watching the way you do business on your phone or on your computer. Uh, and then as they lean you in, they're learning your habits and things that you would you would kind of subscribe to. And then guess what? Once they they, they think they, they've kind of learned your, your habits for a while, this, they kind of spring one on you. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, through either vision, uh, smishing, question, uh, um, or vision. Mm-hmm. So they first figure out how you operate, right. what you're going to be easiest to get right. with, and then they bring in the, the tools That's that right. they use. Yes. Um, and uh, some what 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 are some common forms? You kind of talked about they come in and befriend you. That's right. Um, what kind of the common forms do those moments of social engineering where people engage with you? What mm-hmm. what kind of forms do they take? So you're looking at you know someone either and for folks that are um, that go on dating sites, you know, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, this has been very very rampant, right? Right. So you find someone you know with a very nice looking you know profile picture, um, and you know. If you were target, they would have studied you and your profile for a long time. Mm-hmm. They know what you like. You know, of course, you've told them, you know, your preferences, right? Right. So they'll go out, out there and create a profile to suit the kind of person you were looking to date. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come out and say, hey, look, um, I'm Steve. And, um, you know, I do. They'll use all the trigger points of words that you have said you'd like to see in a date. Right. Right. And then, of course, you know, they will be um, kind of appealing to your 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 senses. Right. Yeah. The the emotional part of you. Right. And this is I mean, this has been very rampant. And then, you know, so they would start slow um, then you know, befriending you, um, telling you, you know, about themselves, you know, themselves and quote, um, you know, things that they didn't know you want to hear. You know, they'll, they'll spill all that out. Uh, and then, all, you know, by doing that, there you were, you know, people become vulnerable to start sharing more than they're supposed to. Because, mm-hmm. they, again, you think, well, there's some, some, right. someone that I could. Preying you know, on your emotional vulnerability. Right. Exactly. Right. And then, you know, they would kind of spring up something that is very heart touching, you know, something that would that would touch your heartstrings. Right. Like, oh, yeah, um, you know, my my brother or my sister uh, has had surgery and they need this money to do this. And my money is tied up in an investment. So the key things to listen for is when someone is a little bit too friendly. Number two, the moment they start asking for stuff, mm-hmm. that is a key right. to beware. There's also, and I'm glad you talked about this because this is actually some something that I've seen mm-hmm. personally through family members. Right. It's called romance scamming That's colloquially. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's where you know they they pretend to be someone. Typically, it's someone that is 
either no longer with us, they've That's passed, right. That's right. or uh, they're a common person that you would see and it, you can't really recognize them from any other person. Typically, they're very attractive, mm-hmm. but it's not actually who they are. That's right. They're made to be attractive to you. Um, they usually engage on social media. Mm-hmm. And then the, you, the one of the red flags is actually they will try to pull you off of social media onto another, uh, another program or yeah. another platform like mm-hmm. WhatsApp. Google Chat, Telegram are one of the three most common ones. Mm-hmm. A common story mm-hmm. that a lot of people use, there's there's two big ones mm-hmm. for why they can't meet you because you'll want to meet them. <laughs> They'll tell you, I can't meet you. Two of the main ones, foreign military base on That's active right. duty. Yeah. The second one is they work on an offshore oil rig. That's right. So you hear those kinds of things. Those are kind of like red flags to say, okay, yeah. you know, this isn't the person that they say they are. And that's, you know, those are like... The top ones. That's not all they use, yeah. but those are like some of the top two. Yeah. Um, and they quickly will move that conversation off. So be aware right. of that as well. They'll tell you they're sick, hurt, or in jail, or they have, as you said, a loved one yeah. sick, hurt, or in jail. Right. Uh, sometimes they'll tell you that uh, they have a package they want to send you That's that right. is valuable. So That's they right. need to pay customs. They don't have the money for it. So they'll ask for money. Yeah. Um, or they'll tell you they have an investment in crypto that yeah. they want to get you into. Yeah. They'll ask for money. You send them money. You never hear from them again. Oh, those are keywords. Right. So those, you know, you, you mentioned some of the key mm-hmm. red flags to, you know, you know, let you know, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of dabbling in some you know dangerous right. territory, but once you start hearing offshore, you know, mm-hmm. a base somewhere, um, um, you know, family sick, you know, need money, the need money piece, because, you know, there's been folks that have been scammed off of $250,000 and above, uh-huh. you know, because they keep, you know, sending money to these folks. And you would think, well, why do they send money? But folks do it all the time. Right. You know, and it's, it's become one of the, uh, you know, rising crimes that the FBI has been fighting. Yeah. And it's really hard to recover those funds yes. and, and get those back. Yes. Even if you, you know, report it, you talk to the FBI, it's still going to be very hard if you ever get it back. True so that. sometimes these people are, are out all of that money up to $250,000 and they never see it again. It can ruin lives. True that. So these are, these are very serious crimes. Yep. Um, so with that in mind, to help our listeners mm-hmm. out there, um, what are some of the best practices for people um, to avoid falling victim to social engineering of this or any type? Enjoy. You know, obviously paying attention to those keywords. Yep. Is there anything else that they can do to avoid this? Yeah, see, I think um, with, with the rise of these, you know, um, romance scandals and, you know, these tactics that, you know, people use to try to steal money from, from our family members and all that. It pays to be alert at all times. It pays to, you know, try to do, uh, you know, video chat with anyone who is interested in, you know, any relationship with you. Um, you want to make sure that you're video chatting the person and then the, the profile picture that you see matches who, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. to, um, you know, and don't provide personal information so easily, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get too vulnerable in providing personal detail. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you want to look out for is when someone says, well, look, um, you know, there's this other scam where folks will, you know, actually, you know, infect your computer and then or they'll call you and say, well, I'm the IRS and IRS would never, you know, right. uh, call you, you know, send you a letter, mm-hmm. you know, never email you either, you know. And then, you know, the the other part of the cautionary is or the red flag is 
uh, well, to make this payment, you have to go buy some gift cards. That should be a ding, ding, ding right. bell. You know, to let you know, mm -mm. yeah, the IRS would never ask you to go get gift cards. The mm -hmm. IRS would never, you know, tell you to not let a family member know what you're doing. Um, you know, so it pays to, if you have family members that are older, who, who, you know, are not computer savvy, you know, have this conversation with them, right. you know, that in itself. And I, and I know this will sound like I'm plugging, you know, our up and coming, um, mm -hmm. seminar, but we have a seminar that is coming up November 16th at right. 630 um, to educate the community. And what mm -hmm. we want to do is, you know, give you the tools that you need to be able to, you know, um, stave off some of these crimes. Um, and it's free. You can go to the Houston Healthcare uh, website and sign up for it. Um, you know, we want to give the community the tools they need to combat these crimes. Yeah. Because, again, it could happen to anybody. Right. Um, and, you know, we want to make sure that you are prepared and on guard mm -hmm. at all times right. to be able to stay above some of these crimes. Right. And don't worry about plugging because I'm going to do the same thing at the end. I'm going to give them the link and everything. <laughs> Thank so they you. Can go. Thank you. Um, but I, you know, it's it's something that that hits so very close to home because I've seen it happen. And I know there's so many people out there that deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you said, you know, the kind of measures you can take. Sure. Making sure that you know who the person is, that you sure. you know talk to them over video chat. Yeah. Most times they won't want to do that. Mm -hmm. They'll give you a lot of good excuses, but they won't want to do that because they're hiding their face. They yeah. don't want you to see it. Yeah. Um, and just also, you know, if it's an organization, as you said, the IRS right. will never ever mm -hmm. will never ever ask you for money over the phone. Right. They only ever send you mail. Yeah. So if you have an organization uh, that you do a lot of financial business with, mm -hmm. know their policies. Right. Because a lot of times financial institutions will say in their policies, we will never contact you via, via phone. Right. We will never contact you via email. We will only contact you in these ways. And if you know those, it can kind of let you be proactive. And if you happen to get a phone call that claims to be one of these institutions and you know that's not my institution's policies, mm -hmm. you immediately kind of have a little layer of knowledge to protect you in that moment. Can I add one more thing, Derek? Sure. So, you know, you have a lot of scams um, of the elderly. And what happens is, you know, they would infect your computers, you know, through one of these phishing, you know, tactics. No reputable organization, whether it be where you work at, no bank, no... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, retirement, you know, organization will ever ask you for your password. Okay. They will never ask you for a password. So that's another red flag. Right. So if anyone will, you know, be attempting to help you and would ask you for a password, red flag. They'll typically ask you to verify using some sort of information that's that right. you should know. That's right. Um, and still, if if you're suspicious, don't provide that verification information because that's that. still information they can use. Exactly. But. They will never ask you for a password if it is a legitimate business. Yes. So that's a good point. One more thing. Mm -hmm. Always make sure, even on your social media accounts, that multi-factor authentication is mm -hmm. enabled. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of terms that are used, two-factor authentication. Um, you know, there's one that Microsoft has. There's one that Google has. There's, there's several of them out there. Um, and one thing that it's always is, is always necessary is don't use the same passwords for different accounts. Right. Never use the same password for different accounts because guess what? Most of us have information out there on the dark web, mm -hmm. right? right? So if they're able to um, produce one of the passwords, guess what? They have it for multiple right. of your accounts and they can get into any one of them. 
um, and make sure that if you have a computer at home or even your phone, your cell phones, make sure that you update the patches that you get. Um, if it's a Windows PC, it comes, you know, patches are released on Tuesdays. Make sure that you update them. Make sure that you update your antivirus software. Uh, make sure that your devices are constantly up to date. Right. Regardless of who you are, that mm -hmm. is a key. And if you have a device that is not getting updates anymore, please, please yeah. go ahead and get you a new one. Yeah. Because that device is a way that it can wipe out your retirement account. And your, your nest egg that you were hoping for won't be there anymore. Yeah. That, that would be tragic. And it's so easy to fall into a, a habit of making your passwords same or similar. I know I've done it in the past. I don't do it anymore, but I used to do it. And, you know, it can lead to really horrible things. So, um, you know, and it's easy to be like, I don't want multi-factor authentication on my uh, account because it makes me go through another step and I have to get a code on my phone and type it in. And that, But it keeps you protected. So it, it allows, you know, Basically, what it does is it recognizes your device or a phone number or whatever you happen to be using. It allows it to recognize that device and know that there's not another device using your information to get to the to your financial information, your healthcare information, or whatever. Um, so that that multi-factor authentication is basically like a, an extra step to prevent anybody from stealing your information that isn't using the devices that you have. So it's 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 important to to use. Um, so um, a, a big question I wanted to ask you, um, realistically, even if we perfectly follow all of these steps and adhere to these rules, can we completely prevent falling victim to cybercrime? The answer is yes and no. Um, and and uh, you know, hearing a um, you know. Someone in IT say, well, or, or, or cybersecurity say, yes and no. Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You know, um, however, these steps that, you know, we just outlined mm -hmm. will protect you to the point where it's not going to be a piece of cake for someone to either duplicate your um, identity or steal your information. It'll make it a whole lot difficult for them to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> if you didn't do or take those steps, the possibility that you'll be taken is higher. Right. Right. Now, following those steps, I can't sit here and say you will never get taken, but then it prepares you to be in a better spot right. for some sanity and some safety mm -hmm. rather than not having them. Right. Absolutely. So, so I, I, I would, I would answer from both sides of my mouth, right. um, you know, in that, we, we take all these steps, even as an organization, we take all that step to make sure that we don't get compromised. Mm -hmm. However, it's not if, right. it is when. And the the world of cybercrime is constantly changing. They're constantly innovating. Yes. There's, you know, unfortunately, very intelligent people mm -hmm. behind those computers trying to get to your information. Every time we come up with a way to prevent it, they find a way to get past it. Sure. So it's a constant uphill battle, mm -hmm. but taking these steps, being proactive, thinking through things, being guarded about your information, being guarded around things in this digital landscape, because it's a different world that we live in than it was even, you know, we say 10 years ago, <laughs> even five years ago, or sure. even two years ago, it's sure. a different world. So 
you know, it just, just be mindful, follow these steps that we've kind of talked about today and you can prevent a lot of it and be feel safer and have, as you said, peace of mind is, is a lot of it. Just, just knowing that you're doing everything that you can to protect yourself. Um, So let me thank you, uh, Siggy, again, for coming on and talking with me. Sure. Um, and thank you uh, to everyone listening in, wherever you're listening in from, either it's Houston County, Georgia, or beyond. Um, I hope this was informative and entertaining. I know I found it very informative and very entertaining. Um, if you have any questions about cybersecurity or want more information, you can visit the National Cybersecurity Alliance, which Houston Healthcare is a proud member of, at uh, staysafeonline.org for more resources and information. You can find that and other relevant links in the description of this video below. Additionally, we have a cybersecurity awareness forum happening on November 16th, as you said, of uh, 2023. It'll be from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. That'll be happening at the Kerry Martin Conference Center. That's on 233 uh, North Houston Road, 233 North Houston Road. You can visit hhc.org slash cybersecurity dash awareness dash forum. And you can RSVP there or find more information about where that's happening. Um, So be sure to subscribe on YouTube uh, to hashtag Houston HealthCast uh, to see all the new episodes coming out. Uh, you'll see them on here before anywhere else. And if you prefer a different podcast medium, well, we've got them. Uh, You can find the links to our podcast on other channels in the description of the YouTube videos. We still have several exciting topics coming out this year. So be sure to hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And I hope everybody out there listening has a wonderful rest of your day. And remember to stay hashtag Healthy. Thank you. Thank you. (music) 